They battled and battled and battled, and they were shorthanded, but in the end, Boston College just did not have enough to beat Notre Dame. We're going to talk about this. BC women's lacrosse continues to dominate, and much more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Thursday, everyone. On today's show, we're going to chat about today uh, last night's game between Boston College and Notre Dame. A game they lost 99-95 in overtime. Now, this was a game when you looked at what Boston College was missing, you were like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a, a brutal game. You know, Notre Dame was 11-1 at home heading into this game. BC was 1-9 on the road. Then add in, they were playing without Quinton Post. They were playing without TJ Bickerstaff. Post was out with COVID uh, illness or just illness, I forget. And Bickerstaff had an, a lower leg injury that he sustained against Duke. So you're down to your two bigs, two of your three bigs, against a Notre Dame team that had some pretty solid big guys. And you're playing on the road. It seemed like this was going to be a tough game. What ends up happening? This Boston College team is so funny. They go out there. And they shoot fifty six percent from the from the field. They're they're electric. They're hitting. Everyone's hitting shots. Makai Ashton Langford, Demar Langford has the game of his life, scoring twenty three points, the most he's scored in his entire career. Brevin Galloway, who gets his first start of the season, he he hits seventeen points as well. And BC stays in. They have a four point lead going into halftime, but then that's where things start to fall apart. James Karnick, their only real established big, gets in foul trouble. James Vanderbon, the backup big, who really hasn't played all that much, he gets in foul trouble. Then Vanderbon falls out. Then Karnick falls out. Then you have Gianni Thompson guarding centers in 6'10", 6'11", guys. That doesn't go well, as he falls out in overtime. But I'm getting ahead of myself. You lose your two bigs. You're playing a five-guard set. You're outmatched completely on size. Notre Dame uses that to advantage to tie the game. BC, at the end of the game, they hit um, a floater by Makai Ashton-Lankford, who, again, like his big thing that he's really good at is his speed. Uh, Blake Wesley hits a, a free throw, to go, I mean, a, a layup to go up with about eight seconds left. Makai Ashton-Lankford just takes the ball and runs down the court and hits his own. They go into overtime. Now, you had to feel that going into overtime this was, was getting rough because Boston College at this point, they just seemed like they had given it everything and now they just, just didn't have enough. And they, they looked at it in overtime. That, you know, this team had played so hard. They just didn't have, a, they didn't have a bench. They didn't have enough guys left. They didn't have any bigs. So they keep getting... Uh, Notre Dame keeps giving it to their bigs. Paul Atkinson, uh, Liseski... And they're backing down, you know, Kanye Jones, who's like 6'5", 6'6", and it's no chance. Plus, they're in the bonus. They're getting every call on fouls, which I'm not saying that they weren't fouls. I'm just saying that they get, they're getting a ton of calls. They're getting easy buckets. They start building up a lead. It looks like it's over. And Kanye Jones, with like, a mid, like 20, 30 seconds left, hits a three-pointer to put BC down by two. 
Notre or uh, down by one. Excuse me. Notre Dame goes by back. They get fouled. They get two more shots. Brevin Galloway has to inbound inbound the ball, and he throws like a football pass up that just gets picked off by Notre Dame, and that's it. Notre Dame ends up winning. You know, you they they you hate to see BC lose, and I hate moral victories. I am not a fan of moral victories. You you can see that. You know, a team is going in the right direction. That's great. But you hate losing games like this. This is You can't get upset about this because BC was missing so much. Like, you're missing. Like, this team, just in general, is short. Um, it, it has a short bench. It doesn't have a ton of uh, players on their rosters that can go out there and play, right? You have three bigs. James Karnick, Quinton Post, and TJ Bickerstaff. Two of them are gone before the game even starts. Now you have one, and you're playing with James Vanderbond, who's just a big guy that you can basically just say, put your arms up, basically. That's all he can basically, you know, play a little defense, and that's usually what he does. The fact that they even stayed in this game is a testament to this team because they had every reason to get blown out by a Notre Dame team that has won 14 of the last 16 games. And nope, they stayed into it. They stayed, they battled, they battled, they battled. And... You, it, they were fun to watch. Jaden Zachary, I haven't even mentioned him. He he doesn't even look like a freshman out there anymore. Like, of all the guys that are out there, you know, you got Makai Ashton Langford and Brevin Galloway, who are, are season vets. But Jaden Zachary, when he plays, has just this edge to him that just he just seems like he's been on the team for three years. And, he, you know, he has his moments where he struggles. But this game, he just looked so confident and so good. And speaking of confident, DeMar Lankford looked... This is the DeMar Lankford that can change this program. This is the DeMar Lankford that can be the leading scorer for for Boston College. He looked so good. He was taking some difficult shots. He was hitting them. You know, he, he... You could sense it when you saw him after a shot. He's beating his chest. He's feeling good about himself. That is the DeMar Lankford that could lead this team for the next two years. And I... It was, it was good because... The more he can build on experiences like he just did against Notre Dame, the more he's going to start to see more results. So this was a, a big a big game from him. Now, this is still a loss, but now they have to turn around. And you don't know what the status is. I'm recording this before Earl Grant has even talked, so I can't even tell you what he said about Quinton Post and Bickerstaff. I, I don't know what Post's you know, status is or any, either of those guys. You need to get them back. Um, against a tough defending team like Syracuse with that zone and some guards that can shoot, this could be a tough game for them on Saturday. Um, and, you know, and especially after you put so much into the outing that you just did. Like when you see BC go out there and battle and battle and have to go into overtime with just that, you, you worry about there being a huge letdown and then like BC goes out and gets blown out by Syracuse. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, but BC is now four and ten in the ACC. They'll play against Syracuse next, and we'll have to see what happens. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk about BC women's lacrosse, who absolutely pasted UMass on Wednesday. And then, in our final segment, one you're not going to want to miss, I'm going to question one of Jeff Halfley's moves on the recruiting trail, and talk about one of the biggest misses no one else is talking about. You're not going to want to miss that. 
Football may be over, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online, where the game starts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. We're going to start talking a little bit more about lacrosse. Now, it's fu- it's so funny, like, after just one season of absolute domination, the BC fan base has really started to get behind this women's lacrosse team as they, you know, obviously are a lot of fun to watch. They're very, very good. They have a lot of talent on that team, obviously led by one of the best players probably in women's lacrosse history in Charlotte North. And they, you know, are starting to get a lot of attention. Like last year, they got attention, obviously, because they won the national championship. This year, as they continue to play, you're seeing more and more of it. And no better game was a representative of what we what, what I'm talking about than on Wednesday when Boston College head, headed out west to Amherst to play number 24 UMass. And this was a game, again, you play a ranked team, you're going, oh, okay, this is really going to show what the moxie is of this team. Well, Boston College and UMass, they start off, they battle, they let off, they both score two goals apiece right off the bat. It's really quick. Bing, 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 bing. You And you're like, okay, this is going to be a good game. They're going to really, you know, this is going to be a back and forth battle. Yeah, no, that didn't happen at all. Boston College then got in, hit the overdrive button, and absolutely blasted the UMass Minute women out back, out even further west, out to Springfield with the way that they played. BC did not let another they only let up two more goals for the remaining fifty-five minutes. That's incredible. Like you you let out you start off playing a little slow and then you only let up two goals for the rest of the game. And then BC just outscores them. 16 to 3 for the remainder of the game to win 22 to 5. This is against a ranked team, folks. BC goes out there and clobbers them. This is the second ranked team Boston College has already clobbered in the last two games. So there is no let up on this squad. I know we, some of us have been thinking, like, oh, you know, maybe Charlotte North is going to hit a, a rough patch. This team, you know, is going to hit a dry spell. You're playing, you played a Final Four team in Northwestern and they crushed them 19 to 8. You go and you play UMass, another good team, and you absolutely annihilate them 22 to 5. You're showing that you're still on another planet. You're going to still have tough games. Obviously, Syracuse will be good. UNC is going to be a good team. But right now, this women's team is playing at a whole other level and it's only game two of the season. So, Obviously, let's look at let's look at the star. Charlotte North. You know, she had eight points in that first game. She had seven goals today. She has 15 goals or 14 goals already in two games. She set a career high last year and set the NCAA record. I mean, if she's going to keep playing like this, she's going to break even more records in this upcoming season because she's she's got Tawarton, you know, for the the lacrosse champ um MVP award already like she's i mean if you're betting if you can find go to betonline.net and find betting odds for the Tawartan, 
you know, but put a good chunk of change on Charlotte North right now. But it's not just her. Like, obviously, she is the star. She is the 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 apex predator on that team that just just takes out another team. I mean, she scored more goals than than UMass did. Charlotte North outscored them. But you look at some of the other team players. Jen Majid had five goals. Again, she's I think she had three the game before. Kayla Martello, three goals. We didn't really talk about her last time. Belle Smith, again, had her second straight multi-score game. So you're getting talent all over the place, right? I mean, even if Charlotte North wasn't there, Jen Majid would have tied the game just on her own. You have talent all over the place. And Rachel Rachel Hall, the goaltender for the uh, for the team, scored stopped four shots on net. Uh, Emily English played the rest of the game. They both played really well. You know, as as well as you want uh, your lacrosse goaltender to play. So, what do you take away from this? I think the excitement is just going to keep building. You start off the season like this against two ranked teams, and you blow the ever loving snot out of both of them. Then you're you're going to start getting attention from from BC fans, and they should, right? Like obviously, football's the king, and you're going to get basketball, and I get that. But lacrosse has to be up there, man. Like right now, like do you like honestly, fans? If you're listening to me right now, I don't care what your like interests are. Are you more interested in the women's lacrosse team who's playing like this, or the men's hockey team who haven't won since 2021? If you said men's hockey, man, you gotta check yourself because that that's silly. That's just silly. Because they're they're, ta- they're I mean they're hard to watch. They're a bad team right now. They're playing bad. Women's lacrosse is a lot of fun. I got into it last year. I think you should too. And I think a way for this program to really take this interest to a ne- another level is they need to do something big for that first home game that they have that have fans there. Right now they're playing at the Fish Fieldhouse, so there's no fans there because there's no there's no stands in the Fieldhouse. But when they get those fans there, I think it's going to probably be coming in mid, mid to late March. They need to have a big blowout, like for like celebrate the championship, celebrate the Tawartan and Charlotte North, celebrate all her records, celebrate Acacia Walker, um, and her Coach of the Year award. Just do a huge blowout. They need to do that. Um, you know, it's back. You know, we just went through all that COVID stuff again. It's time to like celebrate again. Celebrate that hopefully this is all over. Celebrate what the great things those women did. And get behind this team. I'm telling you, if you haven't watched them yet, Charlotte North, even if you don't understand lacrosse, if you're like, I've never watched it, I don't understand it, if you watch her play, you can just tell how special she is and how elite she is as a player. It's just so clear and it's very, very fun to watch. So, BC, they their next game is against the other team down Com Ave. That's on Saturday against BU. They'll be playing at the Fish Fieldhouse. I mean, given that they just smoked two good teams, BU is going to be in a world of hurt. In a moment, we're going to look around the league, uh, bo- sorry, look around Boston College for even more news and notes and some other things you are not going to want to miss. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. On Wednesday... 
Notre Dame hired their new defensive coordinator. Excuse me, on Tuesday, they hired their new defensive coordinator, Al Golden, who many know, who was a former Boston College coach. He also coached at Temple, Miami. He was with the Lions, and most recently with the Cincinnati Bengals. He's going to be their new defensive coordinator. Why do I bring this up? Why are we talking about Notre Dame here? Because Tam Lokabu, as I said before on a previous episode, was one of four finalists, I was told, for that position. Al Golden, I I had heard, was the, the leader all along. And um, Lokabu was near the bottom, but he was still someone to watch. I mean, I don't know who's going to reject a Notre Dame offer if they're a linebacker coach for the Bengals. But I thought he was someone that was interested in that position. So that takes Tem Lokabu out of the running for that. And I haven't heard his name buzzing for any other jobs. That seems like he's safe. Interesting little side note, though. Golden recently was the linebackers coach for the Bengals. Uh, and he took that job over from Tem Lokabu, who was the linebackers coach before he went to Boston College. So it's kind of like a flat circle thing there. Uh, that was all I've heard on terms of coaches going other places. And I wanted to address a name I had heard. Someone sent me a direct message about a potential offensive line coach candidate, and that is Jim Turner. Now, Jim Turner is a former Boston College player. Uh, he's coached with the BC. Uh, he's got a ton of experience. He was with Texas A&M, uh, recently with the Bengals as well. And I heard someone say, hey, I thought I heard that he could be someone that Boston College could be looking at. I mean, maybe. I mean, based on his some of the things he's done at the college level, sure. But there's some major, major red flags with Jim Turner. Now, he got fired from Texas A&M for uh, some sort of explicit photos that he was showing recruits or something something to do with uh, really inappropriate things that he was doing. So he got fired from there. That's strike one. Now, yeah, you could probably dismiss that. I don't think Boston College as a school usually does things like that in terms of like dismissing past digressions, but you could. You never know. New new staff. The other piece is he was last his last job was with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it wasn't this last Super Bowl year, it was the year before, but Cincinnati has not had a good offensive line in years. So I mean you could hope that he has some sort of magic left. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. He has no connections to Jeff Halfley, which is we've talked we talked about with Mitch Wolf yesterday. Are, is like, I feel, a humongous factor in terms of what coaches he brings in. He has no connections to McNulty. I, I just don't see it happening. I don't think it makes any sense. So so someone who had brought that up, I'm going to disagree and don't think that, that would be a good choice for the Eagles. Some, some recruiting news. If you're looking to start getting into your 2023 Boston College football recruiting class, um, I have all sorts of information up on BC Bulletin. All you have to do is hit that recruiting tab and all sorts of info comes up and I'm adding new stuff every day. I'm going to start going through position by position some of the names that you're going to want to look for. I'll have that open for the, everybody because I want to make sure everyone gets a chance. But all my, I've had some in, interviews with recruits and I have some insider stuff that goes behind paywalls. Hey, join BC Bulletin. It's only a cup of coffee for that first month. But what I was going to bring up was um, the Rivals released their top 250. One of Boston College's recruits, Babakar Traor out of Catholic Memorial, made the, the list. He was right near the edge. He's a four-star defensive tackle uh, from Catholic Memorial, and he is going to be probably one of those names that you're going to beg and hope that he stays with the BC because he is already getting a ton of good press. He's also getting a ton of attention from schools like Notre Dame, and a lot of Big Ten schools are really looking at him. 
it's going to take a Herculean effort, I think, for for Jeff Halfley and the staff to hold on to him, just because he's going to continue to rise. That being said, he's locked to BC right now. But we've seen in the past that um, BC has been, you know, really connected to some of those guys, and that keeps them with the Eagles. Now, this is another news piece I've been holding on to for a little while. It's not really news, just kind of something I've been thinking about. Now, I've been accused of being kind of soft on Jeff Halfley, and I admit that I don't hit. I don't hit hard on some of the things that he does. I, I try not. I try to be fair, but there's times that I, I give him a pass. But I want to tell you one recruiting miss that I think has been the biggest one, and I I think it was a, a huge whiff by Boston College. Um, and this was over the 2021 season. So Everett Mass had a defensive end named Josiah Stewart, who was committed to Boston College under Steve Adazio. He was a defensive end. He got hurt. And then Jeff Halfley and his staff, they basically parted ways. And, you know, a lot of times when you see with new recruits, they kind of both, you know, go their separate ways. And, he, you know, Josiah Stewart ended up with Coastal Carolina. And this year, he set the school record with 15 and a half stops for loss and 12 and a half sacks. Uh, both tops among all true freshmen. He um, recorded the most sacks in a season for the Chanticleers. He's playing like a, a upperclassman right now. I mean, you saw what Boston College's defensive line did last year. I know it's Coastal Carolina, but there's a lot of talent there. If you're an All-American, a freshman All-American, that's a big deal. And he could have came in and played right away. So... Huge miss for I think for Halfley and his staff on that one, and you know you don't want to you don't want to mope in the past, but this was a guy they had and they let go, so I you know this was a big one. I wanted to talk about it. I've been sitting on it for a little while here, but I wanted to talk about some of the things that you know you wish you, if things had changed, that could have been a big thing because I mean he could have came right in this year and played. I mean they were putting in Donovan Azaraku and Shitas Shitasala and a few other th- players. Get a guy that could play like this. You could use him right away. But just my thoughts on that. On tomorrow's show, we're going to get previewing for the weekend. Let's talk about whether hockey can actually figure out if they can get a win against Northeastern. BC has games this weekend against Syracuse and everything in between. You're going to want to check all of that out. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. You can follow the Twitter handle of this at LockdownBC. And for all of you who have re- followed us on YouTube, I want to thank each and every one of you. I see some of you thumbs upping uh, videos, watching them on there. It's a super easy way to to to, to um, give back to the podcast because honestly, it means more to the podcast if you hit that subscribe button and watch it on YouTube than you do if you listen to it on Spotify. It's putting that out there. So if you're like, hey, how can I help? I know people have been asking me, do I buy more built bars, whatever. The biggest, easiest thing you could do is just subscribe to us on YouTube. So older folks, if you haven't done it before or folks that don't even use YouTube, just go to YouTube and sign up. It's free. It's not hard to do. And then look up Locked on BC and hit subscribe. And then go to that comment section and say, hey, AJ, I'm on here now. And I will pr- I promise you I'll, I'll, I'll respond. So if you are a follower on YouTube, on today's podcast, go into that comment section and say something. I, I want you to tell me what your favorite BC moment of the last year has been. Go to that comment section, throw that in there, and we'll have a little conversation about that. I think it'll be a fun little thing to do. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.